Welcome to your weekly quarter podcast. Welcome. We're, we're happy, more than happy. We're going to make this short because we're on a, on a rush to, to get this done, but not in a rush to get you talking. We are here with the one and only, one of the most famous people right now. From in, Jersey City. From Jersey City, uh, d- doing doing it for Jersey City. I hate City. that word. But, but. I hate it. I, I, one famous? Famous. I, but I'm sorry, but you are. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. But you are in social media, blowing up everywhere. Everybody knows Chickpea. Everybody, everybody, and, and for those who don't know, that live under a rock, we're gonna we're gonna try to touch on all that stuff, just for the sake of of uh, of lack. Of, no, by the way, welcome to our podcast. Thank, Thank you, you very Thanks much for having me for giving us a, a little bit of your time, which we know is is massively precious. Um, tell us, tell for those who don't know that live under under two stones, who's Chickpea. <laughs> Two stones, because one is not enough to cover it. Who's Chickpea? What does Chickpea do? Um, so I run a blog called Chickpea JC. It's a blog about Jersey City. Um, you know, it started sort of as a hobby, and then it kind of became like my business. Um, I realized that I really love doing it, and I love exploring my community and writing about people and interviewing people. Um, and it kind of morphed from there. Now um, the blog is still going on. I also have some side hustles. Um, I have a social media marketing company. Uh, I throw events with a partner of mine. And I have a nonprofit organization, a mentorship program for youth interested in digital media. Uh, and I'm a mom. So, you know, wow. I have a lot going on. <laughs> How do you sleep? <laughs> I don't sleep very much. Um, yeah, how do you spin so many plates? I, you know, I like kind of created a routine for myself. And especially I think as an entrepreneur is difficult is to get into that routine. But I, I, I have a corporate background. So I'm very, mm. you know, uh, structured and disciplined. Mm. So I just get shit done. Can I swear on this? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Um, so I, I wake up very early in the morning. Uh, I don't waste time. I You know, I'm very selective with my time and how I spend it. Um, yeah, I don't sleep much. Coffee mm. really helps. <laughs> By the tons, yeah. Cocaine, no, I don't do cocaine. <laughs> Sorry, no, well, I don't do cocaine. I mean, even even if you don't, cocaine does help if right. you need it, right? Yeah, but I don't, I don't do that. Um, I think when you're passionate and motivated, I think you naturally want to wake up and get stuff done when you find like your purpose in life that like is always a driving force i'm not capable of sitting and watching tv i'm not capable of even watching a you know sitting through a whole movie because i feel like i'm wasting time like i need to get stuff done um so i think that's like the key for me um you know i remember in the corporate world i'd come home from work and i'd sit on the couch and be lazy because you don't have purpose you're working for somebody else when you work for yourself you have no choice you have to like keep pushing because you know, that's how you get paid is when you're working. Like you can't take sick days. Absolutely. You can't, you know, when you're on vacation, you're working. Like you're, you know, you're sneaking in time to, to get stuff done, to write ideas, to, you know, when I'm on vacation, I actually take, when, and I don't have, let's say, access to cell service, I'll sit on the beach. If I'm on a beach, I'll sit and write ideas and brainstorm. And that's when I come up with like my best uh, stuff where I could mm-hmm. be sitting and just reading a magazine or, yeah. you know, sleeping but I, I choose my time you know very carefully wow um one question because you mentioned this at the very top um i've noticed i just moved into bayonne uh i lived in new york most of my life um then i moved to 
the area, uh, Union City, blah, 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 and I just ended up why Jersey City? And I know that Jersey City is being, there's been a lot of artistic explosion in Jersey City uh, recently. Maybe not so much recently, but in the last, let's say, 10 years, that is being pointed at and viewed. And I'm going to say mostly because of social media, because it allows you to be exposed. Right. But what attracted you to Jersey City? Um, well, I moved, so I came from New York City, um, and Both I, you guys you know, are the tourists. Yeah, and I, <laughs> like, I moved to Jersey City almost 10 years ago, and um, when I, you know, came, I hated living in New York, um, I moved from Canada to New York City, oh. and I had all these, like, expectations and these dreams of New York City, you know, from the movies, from visiting, I thought that, you know, I was going to have, like, a sex in the city type life. It wasn't like that. It was terrible. I never felt part of a community. I didn't like the fact that it was so, it was so hard to make friends and I was just miserable. So I, I looked to move somewhere else. And um, my parents actually told me about Jersey City and I remember taking the path in and kind of exploring and walking around and I felt this like ener energy in the air. And I love the fact that it, you know, it had, it kind of have, it has like an, it's an urban city, but it has a small town feel to it where, you know, you can get to know the small business owners, you walk around, people do say hi and good morning. And I like that, you know, I like the fact that um, it had that energy and I just felt a pull. It was kind of like I was meant to be here, but I didn't really know at the time, like why. And I felt right at home. You know, I've moved around all my life. Um, moved countries, moved, my parents were both entrepreneurs. So like, you know, it's genetic, I guess, <laughs> yeah, I the craziness. <laughs> so they were both entrepreneurs who so we moved around a lot. And, you know, I've never been in one place for more than two, three years, moved gotcha. around schools. Yeah. And I kind of got sick of it after a while. I was like, I want to like, you know, grow my roots somewhere. Mm -hmm. And actually the, you know, in my adult life, being in Jersey City is the longest time I've ever been anywhere. Oh, wow. In my adult life. Wow. wow, wow. Yeah. Because yeah. I've moved around so much, I moved neighborhoods so much. So I've been in this neighborhood for almost 10 years. It's the longest in my adult life. So I've actually, even though I'm 34, I'm old, like considered no, old. Because no, no. um, old by who? Listen. I, I actually, it's like, I feel like I grew up here. You know, gotcha. a lot, like yeah. I went from having this corporate nine to five life, this, you know, to, to being Chick PJC, to this excite, you know, exciting entrepreneurial like journey. So um, yeah. what about that Canadian younger? So you're originally from Canada. That's I was born in Canada. Place. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're in Canada. In Montreal. Oh, so you're, you're one of the good ones then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why you have that, that, uh, <laughs> the approach that you're having yeah. to everything. Let, let me ask you this one thing. What part of a Canadian young girl, even though both your parents were entrepreneurs yeah. and I, I'm going to, I'm, I have to say it's right. in your blood to some degree. Yeah, it's in my blood. But what part of a Canadian entrepreneur do you think lands in Jersey City and explodes the way that you have? You know, the thing is, anybody can do what I do. But the reason I am where I am is because I work fucking hard. Mm -hmm. I hustle. Yeah, right, I hustle. Right. So there's no like secret to it. I really just hustled and everything and I never gave up no matter what was thrown at me or what's thrown at me. I keep going. You know, when I started the blog, people made fun of it. Of course. And like, I remember when I launched it, some people shared it on Facebook and they're like, what is this shit? What is this corny shit? People called me corny. And Trust I was like, me. and I was like, Hmm. So people are talking about it. Okay. <laughs> That's so you fed off the negativity? I do. I always do. So yes. the negativity sucks. Don't Completely. get me wrong. It sucks. It's the worst feeling in the world. 
you, it makes you want to quit. It makes you question everything that you do. But then there's this other side where you're like, let me prove you wrong side. Exactly. Like, fuck you. I'm going to, I'm going to show you. Yeah, right, right, right. Let, let I'm going to show wrong, you yeah. that I'm going to keep going regardless of what you think of me. See, you're strong. I, I was saying a couple of weeks back that we, most people are naysayers. Most people, if you say, if you bring an idea and you say, hey, I want to do a podcast, they'll say, right. why? And that's the, the usual attitude from everybody. So the reason they do that is their insecurities. Yes. Right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. people are insecure and they, they have fear in themselves. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. when somebody like you who says, I want to do something, they will automatically say, like, they're, they project their fears onto you. Right, correct, yeah. And, you know, and that's the, that's the world we live in. And that's yeah. the, the reason why, you know, I have haters because... Yeah. Here I am doing what I'm good at and I'm passionate and I'm unapologetically myself and I always will be. So, you know, it's natural. It's I, I get that. But I mean, haters is actually like you said, and that's one of the things that I always would agree on always forever. Haters mean you're doing something right. Yeah, haters yeah. means there's 100%. somebody that either is jealous or wants what there's you There's a have. fine line between love and hate. Right. When I don't like something, if I don't like a show, for example, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to think about it. If right. I don't like something, I'm just, I don't like it. Right. If I have, if I spend energy hating something, I actually secretly love it. <laughs> so, because, you know, there's a lot of energy being put into yeah, hating right. somebody when you comment on somebody's posts and you follow them and you watch their stories and you, you know, like go to their events to hate on them, then you love them Absolutely. in a way. You Absolutely. know what I mean? So like, if you don't, if personally, when I don't like something, I don't, Pay attention yeah, to it. To I don't have time. Yeah. No, right. So right. Hansel, uh, our partner in this, uh, he he couldn't make it today, but um, hold on. But one of the things about him is that when I first told him about you, he's the one that hit you up. He did not like you. Oh he, really? Yeah, and he told me to tell you this. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I know you're watching, buddy. <laughs> he's your number one fan now. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Because, so what changed it? What? Why oh, did he be, go from a hater to a lover? Because the the way that you took the fact that you embraced your haters and the fact that that you were you're just outspoken and you were honest, you were really about it and you really cared about the city. When he first, when I first told him about you and how he he. I told him that you were an outsider. He was like, oh, there's just somebody who's, step, who's coming in and taking shine from the city itself. After a little bit, and after I showed him, I went to your event, then he started to change little by little. And now, he, I told him, and he hit you up. Now we're having this interview because he's such a fan of right. you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so the thing is, the common thing that I get is from people, and I totally understand and respect it, is that I'm not from Jersey City. Mm. And I get it, 100%, you know? And, but it, all of this was not my plan. I didn't, like, show up and come out of the path and be like, hey, guys, <laughs> I'm fucking here. <laughs> I'm the queen bitch of the city. No, that was never my nah, plan. Claim it, claim it. And, like, and all, like, it was never my plan. And, you know, I, I also don't, you know, pretend like I know everything about the city. I don't. I never grew up. I didn't grow up here. And I do show respect to people who do grow up here. And like my goal is to engage with my community and have them shop local and, you know, listen to local music and go to local events and create memories together because you can't stop people from coming in. But you can motivate them to invest in their community. Yeah. 
You know, I started a nonprofit as a result because I want to give back to my community. And, but I get it. You know, I get it. I will never be from Jersey City. I will never claim to be, that this, is, this, this doesn't belong to any of us in a way, you know. And um, I think I'm focusing on the positive and trying to give back. And I'm not perfect. I make mistakes like everyone else. And I get it. You know, like a few months ago, I was sitting at a coffee shop and there was this couple and they were talking. I think they just moved, moved here. And I remember that she was like, oh, I love, I love Jersey City. It's so cute. You know, there's Newark Avenue and Grove. And I was fucking pissed. <laughs> I was like, there's more to Jersey City than downtown. Yeah. And then at the, that moment, a fucking light bulb went up. I'm like, I get it. I and get why people hate on me. I get why, it. That's honestly why uh, at first he, didn't, he, he was weary of you because he was like, oh, she's just showing some love to downtown. But there's a lot more to show. 100%. And uh, just the more, because you said you have, uh, you started your own uh, program, right? A CCA? Yeah, CCAJC, yeah. And uh, it helps connect uh, young, the youth with people who are already doing, who are already doing stuff like exactly. music and, and, and arts. Right. So uh, I guess the more that he, he saw you do that, the more he started becoming less of a hater and more of a fan. Right. And, you know, and I understand that. And it's, it's not like the first time it happens where it's taken people some time to get used to me. And again, I can't expect everyone to love me. I know I in my heart that what I'm doing is positive. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, my goal in life is not to make money. If I wanted to make money, I'd be in the corporate world. You know, my goal is to like make an impact. It's to leave a legacy. It's to do something positive. I want to be remembered, you know, yes. I, as somebody who made a difference in people's lives. You know, if I could you know, reach these, you know, one of the kids that's in my program and and motivate them to be who they want to be and like, you know, live their dreams. I've done my job because at the end of the day, we all want to be happy. Absolutely. And like, I want to be an example of somebody that's like going after what they really want and, you know, living their life to the fullest and being, you know, a positive influence on others because the life is, the world is shit right now. Yeah, right. right. The world is fucking shit. And like, you know, like I just look at my daughter You know, she's five years old, and every time I think of quitting, I think about her. Because I'm like, who would I be? What kind of example would I set to her as a young woman in this world that's crazy that I'm going to quit? And I want to show her that she can be her her creative. She's like a creative like me. You know, she's friendly, she's creative, she's outgoing. And, and like, I know she's going to, you know, follow in my footsteps. So I need to show her that you need to be strong. I need to go really go after you know what you want to go after. Yeah, absolutely. And and expect the hate and expect the the because I mean and once again going back to that because it's important because you've mentioned it a couple of times. It is fuel. It is a little bit of fuel. I can see it because you keep mentioning it as in a thing that that gives you. I want to prove you wrong. I want to show you that I can do this. I want to show you that you can do it too. But this the amount of drive that you have, and I'm gonna be very honest. Most people can grasp to. I mean, most people will be, I mean, I, I honestly, the reason why I'm doing a podcast and, and this is one of a few that I do is because I stopped asking opinions and I just did. And then I would love the one thing that I want more than fans. And I'm not lying to you. I'm not even joking. And I'm not making, I want haters. Because I know a lot of people say that. Because, yeah. when, because the moment somebody hates you, you are doing you're not talking you're to right. you're not talking right. you're not talking to one side right you're talking to the other side too and that makes you learn i suppose right it makes you learn what you're doing wrong maybe it makes you want to reach that side that's saying 100%. hey you don't do this you don't do this you don't do this right. oh wait let me I, I never even thought of that so let me let me jump on that pony 
And not necessarily jump on that pony like let me sell myself out. Right. Just I can't expand to that point. Or I can't. Or I can't. I mean you take the criticism for what it is and if it's constructive. Absolutely. You know, sometimes the criticism criticism that I get is constructive. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And I use it to make my platform better and you know I use that, but sometimes it's not constructive. It's bull. It's stupid. You know, exactly. like there was a message board once on one of these online messages talking about my fucking cellulite. Like that's not constructive <laughs> at all. <laughs> what? Like you know, talking. And that's the thing. Being a woman in the public, it's very hard because Ooh. the first thing that people are going to do is talk about your appearance. Undress you. Undress you. Yeah, talk about right. your body. Talk yeah. about the, you know. It's it's a very misogynistic world. Absolutely. Whereas if I was a man. I wouldn't deal with these comments. Absolutely, absolutely. But it doesn't affect me. I love myself. I love my cellulite. I love my body. Like I laugh at that stuff. I think that's that's it's stu- stupid. You but know, also, if you wrote if you wrote something about oh she's not a good writer or she has spelling mistakes or whatever it is, that, I take that as constructive criticism. Okay, we need to be better. We can't have right, mistakes. Right. Exactly. You know, or you know, or one of the fact you know we didn't fact check. Those are things that I'll take and I'll take mm-hmm. seriously. Then absolutely. the other things, it's like. Yeah, but you I have mean, nothing else better to say, you know? <laughs> I, I, and absolutely, uh, uh, not to not to say it like this, but because of what you're speaking of. Last week we were talking. Last week I went on a on a rant about all this sexual stuff that's going right. on. Right. Because I'm angry. I have a sister. I have a niece. I have a mother. And my my family. I'm, I'm Dominican. Right. And in the island, people. Are, is super sexist, the island. Right. So I grew up in a family where that didn't count for shit because my grandmother was massively strong, very right. strong yeah. woman. So the, what trickled down was you don't treat women like this. Right. And I went on this rant that I didn't know I had in me because exactly what you're saying. What is the purpose? Because, and, and it's not the fault of the person that's saying it so much. Right. It's, except for that they're not growing up. The, it is the fault of the society that we've continued to have not only in the United States, for thousands of years of, of the same thing, of the same approach to women. Um, it must be for those naysayers, for those people that hate on you for those things. It must be the biggest, the biggest slap to return. You know, it's funny. The, the people who hate on me the most are men. Of course. Are men. Jealousy, of course. Um, you know, women show me so much love and so much support and they cheer me on all the time. And the hate I get the most is from, from males. And I think it's because seeing me as such a powerful woman and influencing other women to kind of step up mm-hmm. and speak up, it's, it's a hard, you know, reality. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, and this is something I like say a lot and, and I'm not a man hater. I love men more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do believe that in the next 10 years, women are going to take over each industry. I hope so. Women are going to dominate and um, they're going to, you know, every industry, they're, they're going to be women bosses and they're going to be paid the same. And uh, we're finally going to reach our value, you know, be yeah. appreciated for what we bring to the table. Um, the, the guy that created Wonder Woman had a, a very interesting thing. He was uh, in the 20s. He lived with two women by because that's the kind of life that he was going for and i'm not saying that as a sex thing like all right live with two women that's not why his approach to life he was a professor and his approach to life was literally if men subdue to the power of women violence and the way that we run everything that we run as men 
will be in a very calm status because he honestly believed women are the center that stabilizes things. We make, we fucking... Make Wait, life. We make life. <laughs> listen. We make life. Listen, we like, literally, we're like the water that grows the plant. Like, we just throw shit in it. You are the seed and the ground and everything else that comes, like, like everything exactly. comes from the woman. It's ridiculous that men don't under, understand. And it's even more ridiculous. I, I think men are learn. starting to understand. Learn. And I think you're seeing, like, a change in the way even men are supporting, you know, women yeah, and are yeah. calling themselves feminists. That wor- the word feminist in my time was kind of like seen as like, oh, you burn your bra. No, that doesn't mean you <laughs> yeah. burn my bra. It's no. a, it just means that I support, you know, women's rights and the equality of exactly. women and the respect of women uh, in the workplace and in the home, you know, and, and that's why like I support women and po- I want more women in politics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like tomorrow there's an election and I'm pushing people to vote for more women uh, to be in local because it starts locally. Right. You have all these issues and you have Trump as the president and it's fucked up and the world is fucked up. (laughs) But from a local perspective, we can create the change within our neighborhoods. So, so if we elect more women and we, you know, support our, the women business owners and the, the women activists that are in our community, we can actually make a change from our home. You absolutely, know? absolutely. And home and home first, because you're right. You have to start it, at home. It, home, yeah. home, absolutely. So let's talk about uh, you being into politics and, and, your, charity, and your charities. Do uh, you seem very devoted to politics? Was Trump getting elected a little... Uh, gave you that spark or was it beforehand? Because um, it gave me the spark. Trump, so, Trump changed me. So what's <laughs> interesting is that growing up, uh, you know, when I started Chickpea JC, I said I would never get involved in local politics because it's a fucking mess. It's, you know, it, it's a lot. It's too much to handle. But I have, as somebody who has a platform and a voice, I have a duty to my community to be more involved. That being said, when I grew up, I lived in Israel for about six years. Oh, I, wow. I moved to Israel when I was about 11 years old. Mm. And when I was 13 years old, um, in, I lived in Tel Aviv. I went to a peace rally. And the prime minister at the time, Yitzhak Rabin, was assassinated right before my eyes. And I was on the second floor of a building, and I was looking down, and it happened. Oh, and, um, you know, that's the moment I grew up. Mm-hmm. That's the moment where I realized what's going on in the world, that mm-hmm. like my cushy, you know, comfortable life was at stake. Mm-hmm. Because when you live in a country like Israel, when there's constant turmoil and, you know, issues and, you know, and I went to this such a positive event, which I was so excited about as a 13-year-old, being involved and seeing that happen to a man that was pushing peace and he, he, you know, he was the most, like, I still like cry sometimes thinking mm-hmm. about him because he was like, kind of like the grandfather of our country. He was like my grandfather in a way, you know, and he, you know, he died. And I remember, you know, I was extremely sad and, and I didn't know how to like handle those feelings. And for me, when I, I'm upset, I take action. So I took action. I got up and I went and I volunteered for the local party because there was elections. And, you know, I, I was there twice a week after school, giving out flyers, wearing peace shirts. And the day of the election, like my job was to, you know, make phone calls. And I had to, you know, draw, I had to basically pick up 
uh, seniors in taxis and bring them to the polling station. So I was always like involved and I became very interested in local politics. And I was just 13, 14 years old, I was super young, you know, and I, but I I knew that's something I wanted to, to be part of. And I, you know, I did a, I like met politicians. I went to visit the parliament. I was like, I was already, you know, on my way. And like, I remember speaking to like somebody who was a politician at the time. And he's like, you're, you have a future in this. Mm -hmm. But when I was about 15, my parents decided to move back to Canada. Mm-hmm. So all those like ideas and that, you know, I had this whole vision for the future that I was going to become, you know, a politician in Israel and and be involved and like help with the peace process because I was so passionate about it. Because, you, you know, you when you live there, you're sick of people dying. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. sick of it. You know, right now I have an 18 year old nephew. He's in the army. I have an 18 year old niece. She's in the army. You know how crazy that is? Yeah. Seeing your nephew yeah. in a fucking army fatigues holding a gun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, he, and like um, the, the unfortunate truth of it is they need that over there. You have, I mean, I mean, you have to, you, you have ha- no choice. It's not that they need it. You it's that no you choice. have no choice, right? You have no choice. It, that is the world you live in. And, right. um, you know, I left before I had to go to the army. You know, I okay. left, my parents decided to move back to Canada because they didn't want me to go. Because I was, you know, they knew, 18, they home. knew that I would, like I had a plan at 18 to like go all the way to, in the army. Like I wanted to be one of the first females in like, like uh, on the the battlefield like yeah, i right, wanted to like right. fuck shit up you know like <laughs> i was like i'm gonna protect my country you right, know what i mean right. and i'm gonna st- like i want this to end like the you know and we moved back to canada and like that whole like idea of being part of the country and giving back ended you know um or it went or m- rather more it went to sleep right it went to sleep right <laughs> now it's just different you know yeah. um I think with Jersey City and local politics, I, I'm involved uh, to an extent, not too much. You know, I don't, I don't think I'll ever run for city hall. That was I think. Be my next question. And people ask me that, and I've considered, you know, I've considered it, you know, because pe- when people tell you like, oh, Jake B for mayor, I'm like, no. First <laughs> of all, I have way too many half-naked photos of myself <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure that'll be acceptable. Um, well, think well, about it like this. Anthony Weiner got a couple of dick pics. I mean, it's, yeah, that's not the equivalent, but no, yeah. It's <laughs> not. No, but it's like... Not. But, but I mean, but meaning to say, meaning to say, maybe what, I, what I'm seeing, what I think is going to happen is maybe that's not going to matter so It's not going to matter. I don't, I don't think, maybe not right now, maybe right. not, but maybe in the next 10 years, yeah. that's not going to matter so much. I mean, you know, I feel like I can do more... Uh, good in the position that I'm in without having to make you know certain people in the community happy I can do whatever the fuck I want right now I can say whatever the fuck I want I can be whatever the fuck I want and I don't have to answer to anybody I feel like once you are in local government you have to answer to people that's true and cursing seems less and like I don't see myself having like meetings in city hall like city hall and just being like all serious and shit no like i'm not um it's more like a a guerrilla approach you can do you can do more by not having to be under some sort of guideline when you're when you're free to do whatever you want to do without having to to i mean do you guys really see me wearing like crop tops to city hall (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) But, but i would definitely like 
legalize my oh my god the parties would be so lit in <laughs> jersey city speaking about legalizing marijuana yes let's talk about legalizing Hans, hansel brought it up to me earlier that you you on your blog you wrote something about you coming out to your mom about it yeah so um my parents weren't always so open about marijuana my mom is still not yeah and she's a fashion designer yeah and and, and my dad was in a rock band and, and my parents are cool as shit you <laughs> yeah. know like they let me drink at 16 they're canadian i know i know my, no they're israeli <laughs> oh, it's different oh, like oh. old school so uh i've been smoking weed since i was like 17 okay. and um you know, I, I didn't let peer pressure, like everyone was smoking around me and I w- wasn't ready, you know, and yeah. I didn't let peer pressure, you know, affect me. I made the decision by myself that it's something I wanted That's to try. I was really into like the 70s culture and I was, you know, listening to that kind of music and I, Bob Marley, and I was just like, you know what, I want to try this. I want to like experience what these musicians are talking about. And I want to listen to music while being high. Like that was my thing. I was like, I'm going to smoke weed so that I can listen to Bob Marley and like really get like into it. You know, mm-hmm. you wanted to experience. The I wanted to experience. Stoner. Yeah. And and I smoked and I loved it. And I was never really a drinker. I didn't like drinking because I feel like drink when you drink, you lose control. Mm-hmm. I like being in control. And when you're high, it just calms you down. You laugh and you eat. And you like I've never heard of a stoner that's like violent and like crazy, you know, or ODs. Right. <laughs> um, and then, you know, as growing older, like it helped me through college and, and especially with like creative writing. And I was a highly functional stoner. And, um, you know, then later on, like, you know, I wanted, I got married and I had a baby. So obviously I wasn't smoking. And then I got postpartum depression. So after I had my daughter, um, a year later, I like got postpartum depression. Like I, it would happen like later and it was really bad. And it's something that happens to a lot of women after they have children. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I, you know, I started smoking, smoking again. And it basically helped it like save my life. You know, it, it really helped me. And I started smoking more as a means to uh, feel better and as and like kind of like an antidepressant. So I'm a huge advocate for, for, uh, cannabis and legal and you know there also the legalization of it and um this whole war on drugs that's putting mm-hmm. communities in jail and like killing our community and for petty crimes you know um so there's a different reasons why i think uh I'm, I'm actually very excited about it becoming legal in new jersey yeah i mean and I'm, I'm always laughing because the history on the world the war on marijuana is not about the drug itself not about cannabis it's about paper Right. So that's where that started in a day when like nobody gave a shit. Right. So why should we? Why don't you separate those things and be like, all right, so you know, hemp is one thing, but weed is something everybody fucking enjoys and can fucking take something positive from. But also, like you know, the the city is gonna gain from it because mm. it's gonna make money and yeah, that yeah. that money can go to schools, can go to infrastructure, yeah, can yeah. go to programs. Yeah. And again, you know. If you compare, like, I've never heard of anybody overdosing from from weed. People die from from being alcoholic. Hey, from every, alcoholics get drunk and kill people. Get yeah. drunk and kill themselves. Right. Get drunk and stoners get like what? They pass out or they'll like raid your fridge for like popcorn. You know, like what is the what, what's the downside? Is, another thing is is that there's a major opioid epidemic that in i mean all these kids are like taking xanax yeah, and pills like that is. shit is and that shit is legal yeah. it's terrible right it's horrible it's yeah. horrible and like 
I don't know any programs in Jersey City. Maybe you might help with that. That like because it is a big problem that nobody wants to talk about, and like you know, the especially like in the in the music, like the rappers now don't talk about it as much. But there's some that do, and it's like. It really is killing our. So that, this is how music has changed. In my time, in like '90s hip hop time, rappers were rapping about dealing drugs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now rappers are are rapping about taking drugs. You're a big hip hop fan. Huge hip hop fan. <laughs> I, mean, I know. Can you tell? Biggie, right <laughs> I see. I see Biggie. I've seen one, two, three, four, oh, five. Oh wait, five there's a lot of Biggies in here. Yeah. And okay. JC, but uh, uh, I'm a '90s kid because right. I'm 40. But there, the do I look it? Because you don't look 33. Uh, I love, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I, uh, I, I'm always laughing at the idea that uh, we all, I'm always having arguments with these guys right. about hip hop. Because I'm like, well, hip hop came from being, I'm in need, so I need to do this. To being like, I'm rich, so I do this because I'm rich. Right. So here's a bunch of drugs I take. So here's the thing. I, when, when like all this like trap music came out, like Little Pump, Little Yachty, I was hating on it. I was being a hater. Oh boy, why, was I be, why was I being a hater? Because I didn't understand it. And the thing is, you know, hip hop has changed, it's evolved, and you know, the world has changed and evolved, and you can't hate on that kind of music. Because, you know, people do relate to it. M- music will always change. You know, like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, it, dr- it glorifies sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So, like, every, every you know, generation has that music where, you know, the older heads are going to be like, oh, mu- my music was better. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we can say all day long that our music was better, but who are we to, exactly. to determine that? Because yeah, right. it's a different era, you know? Whoa. So, like... I was a hater, mm-hmm. but now I'm not a hater anymore because yeah. you know what? This is kids are relating to it because of like the society that we live in. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot more pressure. Everything's on social media. People are a lot more depressed because, you know, we're millennials and we're fucking broke and we have, you know, thousands of dollars in debt. You know, millennials are like, we're fucked. Yeah. We're yeah. fucked. You know, people have master's degrees and they're, they work at Starbucks because yeah. there's just no opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, th- so the music kind of reflects the general mood. So, like, I, like, had to basically let myself know, stop being a hater. You just don't understand it. And yeah. now I bump Little Yachty and all that stuff. Mm. I, I don't agree with the glorifying of, of prescription pills, but, yeah, there's more you know, Biggie worry. rapped about, you know, selling yeah, crack, selling you know, crack, so... Right. Yeah. There's so, so it's, a, it's just, uh, you, you hit it on the head. It's, it's mo- everything always changes. Right. And then ultimately, all of us, there's sections where we get stuck on. Right. It all, it, it's always going to happen. It's right. never going to stop. Because as human beings, we're going to repeat that pattern. Because the world is changing, but we already changed to what we're going to change to in some aspects. Right. And you, you're doing, I think, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's forward of me, but doing the right thing and trying to morph with it. I mean, I'm trying to, I try to understand it. And, you know, whenever I feel any sort of hate towards something, I realize that it's because I don't understand it. You know, Uh, the only thing I, the only person I allow myself to hate is our president. That's it. Yes, fuck You know, and like (laughs) that, that's really the only thing other than that. Like I try to understand it and come from a place of um, just, you know, be understanding because, when you hate something, you just you you're either jealous of it or you don't understand it. Correct. Um, so yeah, so that's like my whole perception of m- new music, and you know, I think 
people are are there is still good music out there and you know you have Kendrick Lamar Jay-Z's new out like and there's a lot of good shit out there and I like Lil Yachty I like I like that you know when I'm drunk and I'm like you know it's fine that shit is fine you know like yeah, the mumble because you, you don't want to like you just want to mumble so why not you know um, the thing I'm not used to though is the um, the moshing the mosh you know the, when, yeah that's something new that's come out so recently. in my well, time I, when I would go no. to when I would go to um, to a hip hop concert it was literally just, like I went to like Della Soul, for example. I saw mm-hmm, them live. Mm-hmm. It's literally everyone's just like this, and they're just passing, you know, passing a, a joint. Right. Now it's like when you go to these parties, like, uh, and everyone just like moshing, like as if it's like a rock concert. I'm not used to that. I gotta tell you though, I gotta break, I gotta break it to you. Moshing happened in hip hop in the '80s. Really? Yep. I get you didn't know. What? Yeah. No. This is true. Look it up. Look at, use that Google. Use that you learn Google. something new every single day. <laughs> Google the, that shit. In, right? in the 80s, there was mashing in, in hip-hop. But uh, and even in the early 90s a little bit. But that was certain kind of hip-hop. You had to be in the certain artist that was happening with. So, once again, circles going around. But because you didn't know about it, it's new to you. Yeah. But that's scary. I don't. I never. I mean, and I'm a rock fan. That's right. what I like. Yeah. And I, I've been. To, I went to see like the Boss Cox, and it's me. I was the youngest guy in there, but just sixty year olds marching, and I was like, "Sir, you're gonna break your hip, sir. <laughs> <laughs> sir, no marching. No, no, yeah. no. Sit down." <laughs> so let's talk about some CCA. Yeah. I know time is limited. Sure, and sure. I, I want to get into this because I know you're passionate yeah, about it. Extremely, yeah. And I'm passionate about it cause just because of. I was a troubled youth, and then I, it took me forever to find my way, and it took me to find him and Hansel to start a podcast and try to find my way out. So I love your program. And Thank I, you. And I will try to support it anyway. Thank I you. Can. Yeah. Uh, can you speak on it? Yeah. What does the CCA stand for? What sure. does it do? And how does it help people? So, content, uh, so CCA stands for Content Creators Academy, and it's a mentorship program for youth interested in digital media, content creation, and just general entrepreneurship. Um, you know, it's an idea that I came up with about two years ago, and um, I felt like there was a need for more after-school programs for youth. And the youth is interested in, in digital media, in tweeting, and in Instagram, so why not equip them with the right skills where they can kind of you know, create a business around what they love, whether it's fashion, whether it's food photography, etc. And the idea is really opening people's, you know, the eyes of the youth and the, the, that their options are endless. Mm-hmm. You know, if, for example, you're an athlete, you want to be, you love, um, sorry. Uh, if, for example, you love um, sports, you love mm-hmm. sports, but you suck at sports. <laughs> You're a 16-year-old kid, you suck at sports, but you love it. Mm-hmm. So you're like, fuck, fuck, what am I going to do? I can never be in sports because I suck at sports. What if somebody like me can t- teach you you can be a blogger for, for a team, you can be a sports photographer, you can travel, you can, do, you can do all these things, you know, you can be an agent. There's so much you can do mm-hmm. around sports and not actually be Athletic. They don't teach you that in school, right? They teach you you can be a firefighter, a doctor, an accountant. But what if I taught you whatever you find that you're in love with, you can do. You know, and that's the the idea is, is giving these kids the dream. 
and telling them that you can do it. And even if these kids who come to this program and they're learning graphic design, photography, even if they want to be an accountant, if you want to be an accountant, you still, in the world we live in, you need to know how to create content. Yeah. You need to blog, you need to have a website, you need to have photos, you need to have an Instagram, you need to have a Facebook, a Twitter. You need to know how to market yourself. You need to know how to tell your story. Mm -hmm. So if you're equipping these kids between the ages of 14 to 17 with these skills that are, I, you know what, I wish there was a program like this for, for when I, you know, a lot of the stuff that I have to outsource, photography, graphic design, I spend so much money on because yeah. I can't do it myself. So I, I, in a way, I kind of created it because it's something that I wish I, I, I would have known. Right. You, you know what I mean? So that's the idea. And when the kids graduate, they'll be able to, um, once they graduate, I'm, we're going to pair them up with a small business in Jersey City that has no social media. So let's say I have a barber shop down the street. I don't have an Instagram. I don't have a Twitter. I don't, I'm, work, I'm working. You know, I open the shop at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm there till 11 o'clock at night. I don't have time for social media. I don't have time to think about creating content. But this, these kids do. Right. And you pair up the kid with the small business. The kid creates content for the small business. The kid has a portfolio. I have yeah. clients all over Jersey City. You know, so by the time they reach college, they have, they have experience, they have a portfolio, which They're the world we live already. in is exactly. People look at experience, they don't just look at education. Absolutely. I dropped out of college. Yeah, me too. Same you know, but I have experience, so I, got, I, I never had an issue getting a job. Yeah, right. Yep. I mean, that's very interesting. I was going to try to touch on that. Um, I, I'm a, I'm, I work for news, I'm a, I'm a video editor, but I dropped out of college year one. But... I was going to ask you if you think that's a generational thing because you're speaking about something that I've seen to learn. I've only learned from these guys and from like my niece because she's 16 about the future of the youth now because it seems to be like it's exactly what you're saying. If you don't have the experience, but nobody creates the experience for you. If you don't have the knowledge, but nobody puts you in a place where you can grab that knowledge. So I think it's a not only amazing that you're doing that, but hopefully you think it's going to grow. You think you're going to pass it? I want to grow. So the idea is that like eventually my dream is to bring it to the schools where it's going to, you know, we're going to bring the mentors and the equipment to the schools in Jersey city. So the kids don't have to go anywhere. You know, it's an after school program. Um, and then the other idea, like, you know, would be super cool is to open actual school where it's all oh, about, it's yeah. a, an academy oh, for, yeah. for young entrepreneurs, you know, and like where they study everything, English, you know, history, math, et cetera, but they're creating content around it because that's how we learn, right? right so right. imagine I'm, I'm teaching you like the history, you know, about President Lincoln. Okay, I want you to tweet about President Lincoln. How, right. how excited would you, if you were a 15-year-old, like, shit, I get to tweet about my fucking history lesson. <laughs> right, Seriously. and also, like, e e even more so, like, make it creative in that way that you're like, right. if, you, if there was Twitter back there. Right. Like, you got to use the language, you got to use the Exactly, the, the there's, like, so much you can do, yeah. and, you know, and they'd be creating content around what they're learning. And, and when you create the content, it sticks with you. Absolutely. You know, and, and it sticks more with you as opposed to just reading a book and writing an essay, because you're just like, fuck, Absolutely. this sucks. Yeah. Right, it's um, homework. Homework is work. Right. Mm. Um, so that's like the that's like the goal, like the general goal. You that's know? awesome. That's awesome. I have a lot of dreams, but <laughs> you know. Um, well, but I mean, you're pushing through a ton of them. You're pushing through a ton of. Them. Look, I know. Yeah. What time how is how it? are you on time? How are you on time? I don't know what time is it. <laughs> oh, it's two, two o'clock. Oh wow. Like uh, another 
10 minutes okay, wrap up. Uh, okay. so that, that's why yeah. i wanted to jump, jump at it because i know that i know that we can be very conversational so people get lost with time one yes um just to just to kind of wrap this up what is uh if you want to you don't have to what is coming up for chickpea what's coming Jesus. up in, in the next i, I mean and <laughs> I know there's 520 things, uh, so whatever you want to touch on. And- so right now we're in kind of a, a, play, a, cross, a place of crossroads. So mm. there's some changes happening. Um, I'm moving out of this office. Oh. Um, it's just no longer affordable. Mm. And I think as a business owner, and I'm open about it because I think it's important as a business owner and entrepreneur that things happen and you have to make decisions that will be best for your business. And I made a decision that I just can't afford this place. So, um, you know, we're working, I, I'm very positive in the future and I know everything happens for a reason. And um, I'm only getting started, really. I think, you know, the blog is going to be four years old in May and um, I'm, I feel empowered. I feel excited about the future. And I don't have anything like specific coming up that like I can talk about, but yeah, I think, you know, stay tuned. I mean, oh, but we do have, we're going to have a, a New Year's Eve party. Oh, okay. there you go. That's going to be late. Drop that plug when we, we're in, that, okay. that'll be your plug. Okay, cool. Um, I, that's very interesting. I, I always like super creative minds like yours because they're always like, well, there's nothing coming up, but, and then the <laughs> but is usually like there's 47,000 things coming up. There's a lot, through. yeah, I'm sure. Um, I don't know if anybody shot you any questions from, from uh, I here. I don't know. I have to look. I got some questions but right here. But in the here. meantime, let's give her let's give you her one question. You guys have any question. questions? Yeah, let's, let's uh, So, uh, oh, the first... Because uh-huh. I think she was asking you. Let know. me see if they... Okay, my cousin is laughing at me. <laughs> Hi, cousin Roy. He's literally laughing at me. Uh, okay, I didn't get any okay. answers. Okay. Thanks, Wendy. Uh, Wendy said, embrace cellulite and our imperfections. You have an amazing body, though. Girls work out. Thank you. Seriously. Hi, Petey. Stupid people say stupid things. <laughs> Plus, just imp- your imperfections is what makes you perfect. If everybody looked like a fucking Barbie doll, who, who would be interested in everybody else? True. That, that flavor comes from differences, right? But Boris, you have a question from yeah, one of the fans? I got a couple of them. And Hansel. Hansel. Hansel brought one up, and I, you, you, she brought it up too. So, what? Make it how good, can, it's gonna be probably the next How can question. you div, uh, divide lin and chickpea? How can I divide lin and chickpea? Like, how do you have time for both? Jesus. And how um, do you separate it? Because chickpea is the open book. Lin right. is the woman and the mom. How do you balance that? Um, because I know some some things are too personal to say to your fans, but I just do. I mean, I kind of like have control over like what I share, Mm -hmm. um, and I try to do that. Like, there's certain things about my life people don't necessarily know, Uh, but I try to be as open as possible because I feel like when you're you know, you have a platform and a voice, and pretending like everything's peachy and perfect is is fake and. I'm not going to be that person and I, you know, life is a struggle and we all have our shit and we all have our issues and our insecurities and our problems. Um, So I try to be as open as possible because it's important, you know, I don't, when I follow like influencers on the internet and like all their pictures are like perfect and they look perfect and everything's perfect, 
I don't fucking believe that. Mm-hmm. Like, that can't be your life, Mm-mm. you know? And um, it's not relatable in a way. So, and I've always been like that. I've always been just like an open person. Um, and I think that's what makes me good at what I do because I can connect with people, even people who I don't speak with, you know, I can connect with them. And, um, and I think it's important when you're doing what I do. Yeah. Excellent. And yeah. Any other question? Because yeah. um, if not, I know that you're super busy yeah. we, and we're absorbing your time. I think we could end it on that. Oh, right. um, cool. I, I want to thank you because I know the first thing when we came in here was Miss uh, Chickpea, I will call you yeah. right now, <laughs> was like, I have to work while we do this. Then that's what kind of person you are. You're always on the run, you're always on the walk. So thank you so much for allowing us to see you. Thank you for you. having uh, me. A little yeah. side note. Yeah. Uh, me and Hansel saw this as very important to do this because you're one of the reasons that we got inspired to even do the podcast. Really? That's yeah. so nice. Uh, even though he was more of a hater at the time, I was I, I was inspired and kind of jealous of what you did because you're a blogger and doing Jersey City things, and I really wanted to have a voice in Jersey City. But so, you can still do it. Like, there's with, enough food for everyone, and, you know? And you you showed me how. You showed me that there's a way. There's a way that you don't Absolutely. have to work at uh, anybody. So I really appreciate this interview. Because thank you, thank it, you. Actually, I was super nervous before I came Why? Here. Super nervous. Well, Just be like, I know, me giving you questions, yeah. and I'm nervous. <laughs> because of the fact that uh, you are an inspiration for this podcast. Oh, thank so you, I guys. Really appreciate Hugs. It. <laughs> Hugs. Well, Hansel couldn't be here, but I'm kind of glad because then it would have become 20, 27 minutes of that. We're such big fans. So, <laughs> so as, uh, even though he's not here, we feel his presence. We ask mm-hmm. some of his questions. And above all, thank you for everything that you're doing for Jersey City. But not only for Jersey City. You're doing stuff for women, which is even more important right. than Jersey City. You're doing stuff for people that really feel that they don't have a voice, that really feel that somebody like, like Boris that was scared to do something and you showed him the way. That's, I think, ultimately... That's the most beautiful of all things that thank you can you, do. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, just do to, it, man. If yeah. you're listening to this yeah. and you're sitting on something, on an idea, just fucking do it. Oh, thank God. Yo, just bam. fucking do it. I don't even have don't plan. <laughs> don't talk about it. Don't fucking plan. <laughs> fucking go. You know go. what's funny? You, you are more Jersey City than you think you know. <laughs> you, are, you are to the T Jersey. So you don't listen to the haters. You're home. And drop your plug so we can get out of your hair. All right. Um, follow me on at ChickPJC on Instagram. You can check out my blog, ChickPJC.com. Follow, uh, follow Content Creators Academy at CCA.JC. And uh, your event for New Year's? Oh, yeah. So we're having a New Year's Eve party. Um, I'm going to be really, I can't really say anything, but it's going to be New Year's Eve. It's going to be really fun on the waterfront. A, a completely new location, masquerade ball, Ooh. and you can find all that info. It'll be on my blog and on my yes. social media. Follow the blog so you can go to the fucking party. Go fucking party with start us. Start fucking reading some shit. Yeah. Or just sit there. Thank you so much. <laughs> my pleasure, guys. Thank you so <laughs> Thank much. You. All right, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>